The leaves will be turning soon. The kids are back in school. And before you know it, the holiday season will be here. If you're stressing over your budget or find yourself worried about your debt, please know that the Sharp Mortgage Team is here to help you. With all the equity you have in your home, now is the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance, pay down your debt, and have money for the holidays. The Sharp Mortgage Team is happy to talk you through all your options without any commitment. And the review of your refinance options is complimentary. Sounds like it's worth the conversation with their team to see if a cash-out refinance could change your life. Call them today, 336-575-9448, or visit sharploans.com. That's sharp with an E at the end, sharploans.com. This is the Triad Podcast Network. Hey, everyone. Hope you're enjoying the fall here in the Triad of North Carolina as we welcome you to another real estate podcast with our good friend, Blake Ginther, with the Ginther Group, based right here in Winston-Salem. It is certainly feeling like fall. We're back to school. The temperatures are finally going down a little bit. And so we're watching football. In fact, Blake and I were talking a little football before we uh, before we started recording. He's he's settling in for uh, his his Browns to play on Monday night football. You don't get that very often as a Browns no. fan, Blake. So No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> Enjoy that. But um, you know, it's interesting. I I Sometimes we 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 talk beforehand about the topic that we're going to get into on these episodes. And today we, I just I kind of asked him, I was like, well, you know, Blake, what's on your mind today? What, what do you want to get into? And and Blake, you said that you're you have you have thoughts and you have feelings about the market that you haven't had in quite a while. And this is a good time to kind of get some things, not necessarily get things off your chest, but there's some information you need to get along to people because it's a little different, you know, the the um, your feelings about where we are in, in the local real estate market maybe are a little different than where they've been, even as recent as our last episode, no? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I and I think, by the way, like if anybody's listened to those, there, we've been trending towards this, right? Um, interest rates kept rising and that people kept removing themselves from the purchase. The thing that wasn't changing was the inventory was somehow always staying really low mm-hmm. and we don't have like this like we didn't get a flood of 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 listings of new inventory it ticked up a little bit post labor day but in the last three or four weeks uh in forsyth county we've gotten almost a hundred new listings right we, we went from floating in the mid 400s to floating in the mid 500s of active houses and that doesn't sound like a lot but i mean look that's like 20 percent. so i mean it's a sizable inventory increase and and I think that that this the trend is what I said too right is that that the extremes of the sky is falling the market's going to poo uh, and and the other extreme of this market is still insane I'll never be able to buy a house both of them are wrong yeah yeah wow imagine that we were we're in a middle ground you know. You you can't get away with commentary doesn't exist in the middle ground in 2023, Blake. Come on. It's so lame. It's so boring. I know, You're right. right. You're right. Yeah. Um, why do you think that buyers are exiting the market right now? Is it a seasonal thing or is there something else at foot here? I think, well, I think definitely interest rates have changed payments, right? And, and so the hard part is rents are still really high. Mm. So 
I think overall it's it's economic insecurity, it's job insecurity, and it's housing insecurity, right? It's just insecurities in general that are making people are like, you know what? I'm gonna sign a year lease mm-hmm. instead of instead of buying a home. Um and I think I would say if you have if there are fiscal related insecurities, whether it's money or it's job, you should not buy a home. Yeah. I, I just I just want to be crystal clear and say, and everyone's like, well, you're a realtor. Of course you think real estate isn't coming. Well, okay, read we just read tea leaves. Like the data, the data is there, right? The data still says, by the way, even with that 400 to 500, mid 500s, we used to be pre-COVID, we were 1200 plus units in Forsyth County, always. Sometimes over two thousand. So, to be at you know five hundred, it's still really low. It's yeah. still uh, that is still higher like, than what it was before, but lower than where it typically is, and really where we want it to be. In a perfect world, we are we would be in an absolute level market, which would be f- minimum four, probably four to five months inventory. Right. We're still below two months inventory in almost every price point, except mm-hmm. for like the high end luxury. So, you know, it's not. That's why I want to say that's the biggest difference. Whenever you know, we've said a long time ago, it's been a long time since we've talked about 08, where we talked about like that, the sky is falling aspect. Yeah. But I do feel like it's worth saying again, the data says, nope, we definitely are not anywhere close to that because of inventory. And if look, if we have another six months of what we just experienced from mid-August to mid-September, and we gain a hundred units in Forsyth County for the next six months, then we will be in a level almost buyer's market. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and maybe probably a buyer's market. Eleven hundred units is basically what would where we would be, and that would be a buyer's market. Once we get over a thousand, I think we would consider that a buyer's market in our in our price point in our market. So, I, do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, I would. I would. I guess I would encourage people to say because you're right. You people here, buyers are exiting the market, and you said this. I think you you summarized this really well in our last podcast, which is sales volume is down, sales prices are not. And right. there's a big difference in terms of how to read what what that what that means in terms of if you're going to buy into the whole sky is falling thing that oh the real estate market is is crashing going down it's like no it's just it's a volume thing it's not a price thing and inventory is still the the number one indicator of the health of a market or where we see things going and so I guess I guess what I would look back to and maybe if there's other people in this situation. We we sold a home with with the Ginther Group back in 2021, and um, you know that was when things were crazy, right? Yeah. You know it was, it was super easy to sell the house. We had we our our first our first of like 13 offers came in an hour after it went live, you yeah. know, and and we ended up taking that one. And so yeah, selling a home was not difficult to do at that time, but I recall. We bought the home that we're in right now back in 2014, right? So 
six years clear of the 08 crisis and still six years prior to COVID. So it was right there in the middle of all of that. And, you know, I remember it's, it's, when we were buyers, we were buying in a fairly attractive area of town. So we had to be somewhat competitive, but it wasn't, it wasn't a hectic process. It was, we went, we saw the home and we had some time to think about it and whether we were going to make an offer. And it was, it, it seemed like a fairly straightforward process. And, and I think that's, you know, we're still way ahead of what that is right now, but yep. maybe we're slowly creeping back to, what it was like to transact a home back in in 2014 when you know maybe it wasn't a buyer's or a seller's market and so i i kind of try to keep that perspective i guess when i think about what you're saying and the advice that you're giving in terms of what the data shows yeah honestly it's a lot like it, it, the market feels a lot like 18 and 19 like you don't get to be as long you don't get to take as long as you did uh to buy a home back in 13 and 14 you really from 2008 till like 2016, you could sleep on it several nights yeah. typically before you wrote an offer. And we did. And, yeah. And, 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 but by around like 16, 17, 18, you probably didn't want to sleep too long. <laughs> you know, you probably maybe one night, uh, by about 19 before COVID, it was getting competitive. Mm -hmm. You, you, and, and I still feel like if you like the property, you probably don't want to sleep on it. Um, but you don't have to be as insane, right? You don't have to come in expecting that you've got to go X amount over and write, you know, everything uh, incredibly perfect for the seller, right? right? It's it's just write a clean offer, don't delay, and 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 you'll and you'll get the property. And as a seller, you might need to set your expectations that if you are shooting, it, it, most agents give ranges. If you're starting at the top of of your agent's range. It might take you a month and you might have to price reduce. You might, especially if you met with agents and they gave you prices in June and July. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because um, certainly things are are, are different now. Uh, I want to maybe ask you to elaborate on that a little bit more in terms of seller's expectations. Because we are, while you could probably still call it a seller's market based on inventory numbers it's certainly not as extreme as it as it was even like you said even a few months ago right um so maybe maybe digging a little bit more to what sellers should expect in in terms of um you know if if they're putting their home on the market this month or next month or in the very near future yeah i think i so a couple things i think that agents typically give ranges and I would advise if you want multiple offers, you're going to have to go to the, towards the bottom of the agent's range. And mm -hmm. then you're going to have to, you know, hope that you get multiple offers, which is why I think most sellers are are kind of now going in the middle. Right. And for a while there, several years there, they were going to the tippity top and some are even pushing the tip top. Um, so I would say, don't do that. Don't go to the top of an agent's range. Uh, and if you meet with three or four agents and they all give you ranges, don't pick the agent who gives you the highest range. In fact, <laughs> that would probably be a big fault because there are a lot of agents out there. Um, and I, you know, I'm not going to bash my industry. I'm just saying there's a lot of industry. There's a lot of agents out there that are pricing very ambitiously. Um, and that's what some clients are feeling. And that's why I think our inventory is ticking up is that it, some, some folks are just shooting, shooting too high and maybe mm -hmm. they don't have to sell. Right. So they're like, listen, somebody, 
like the old Zillow make me moves. Like, hey, here's a shot in the dark. If you, if I get it, I'll move. If I don't, I'm not. I won't. I think there's some of that. Um, but I also think sellers who are serious um, should just do all the stuff that they had to do for all of eternity, except for those two or three asterisk years of COVID, right? Where mm -hmm. they didn't really pick up. They didn't really paint. They didn't, you know, they just were like, here's my house. I'm waiting for all the offers. And I think so. And I've been saying this the last couple of months, like painting all the taking, you know, get taking care of all your wood rot on the exterior of your home because no home, no home in North Carolina should have wood. And yet most does. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you got to fix all that wood rot that our climate struggles with. You got to probably paint all your kids handprints away. Um, you know, you got to pick up, you got to thin up, thin out your closets. You got to, you know, put your best foot forward in a purposeful way. It's time to get serious about your financial future. It's never too early, but it could be too late to get started. And that's oftentimes the hardest part, getting started. How much do I save? Where do I invest? Do I save for college or retirement? How much for each? And who do I talk to about it all? Okay, we'll keep things simple for now and help you answer the last one. We recommend you begin with a local financial advisor. And that's Jennifer Johnson of Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. She'll sit down with you for a complimentary introductory consultation and go over all of your questions. Get started on the path to achieving your financial goals. Visit 3magnoliasfinancialadvisors.com or call 336-701-1600. Get comfortable with your financial future. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Retirement, financial planning, and investments. Securities offered through Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satara Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satara is under separate ownership from any other named entity. Yeah, you, you can't get away with cutting corners <laughs> anymore. No, no, and, and honestly, that's how it should be. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you sell a car. I mean, you want top dollar for your car, you know, clean it, clean it up, <laughs> you know, get it serviced, get new tires, all that stuff. You know, yep. I mean, all, all the things you, you want to do the same with your home. Um, how, how should a bot, how should a seller approach, you know, if they, if they get an offer that they feel is fair and reasonable. Um, I remember when, when we sold the, the home with, with y'all in 2021, we, we didn't jump at the first offer because we expected multiple offers and, and we were patient. We waited to see, okay, let's just, let's give it the weekend or give it a couple days, whatever, and, and see what comes in. And then maybe do a, a final and best uh, communication out. How might that be different now in terms of strategy for if an offer comes in for a seller? Yeah, it is different now for sure. I, I think we're not seeing nearly as many called highest and bests. Um, it's, and that's, I, I do, I think this is back very much to the 18, 19 market where 10, 15, 20% of properties might go highest and best. The vast majority won't. Mm. Uh, and it's not even by the way that they're not getting multiple offers. There are several times where we're getting multiple offers. We're not calling for highest and best because one is better than the others. Yeah. So you shouldn't, as a buyer, you shouldn't be expecting highest and best. And as a seller, you shouldn't be expecting highest and best. And if you get one solid offer, um, you know, frankly, list price-ish, 
you know, or or even slightly better, right? Anywhere between slightly below and slightly above, or just list price, mm-hmm. um, with strong terms, sellers should accept and and be happy. And I think sellers did get in their mental in their in their mindset that they would be getting well over asking with a litany of other beautiful things, and that's just not necessarily happening for most folks. Yeah, are we still in the world of? five-figure due diligence, because that's one of the things that sellers might expect previously is multiple offers plus a, a very substantial due diligence check. Yeah, DDs, I would say they're not... Five figures is multiple offer DD, mm-hmm. typically winning DD. Um, non-multiple offers is t- probably not five figures. It's a really strong four figures. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And if it's a high, high price point, maybe low five figures. But for the most part, you know, I I do think that buyers still have to have fine strong financials to be able to afford throwing three to five to six to seven thousand dollars DD that they won't get back if they don't buy the house, right? So you still got to be pretty financially committed to to the process. Yeah. So what's the advice for buyers in this in this current state of things? Um, and and a lot of this I know depends on the location, the price point. There's there's so many different factors. It's tough to give blanket advice to buyers, but when you're talking about managing the expectations of the sellers, if a buyer wants to make sure that they're still getting that competitive advantage, what are the things that that you might advise them to do? I would tell them that they should buy this fall. Um mm. and and they're all gonna go, Yeah, you're a realtor. Of course you would say that. And I get it, but come spring, the yes, there will be more houses. There will be way more competition, way more competition. That's and always the case in spring, right? Always. And and yet every year I have buyers who I meet in the fall, they kick tires and then they buy in the spring and they hate how competitive it is. And I mean, there are no doubt they're going to have more options and they're going to be competing against way less people for the next four months. So my advice is if if you're seriously wanting to buy, do it this fall, do it this winter. Um, otherwise, you know, I, I don't know if they'll have more inventory. In fact, I would be shocked if they had as much inventory in the spring and they'll be up against way more people. Yeah. Yeah. This is just not a time when people, a lot of people are buying compared to the spring. And okay. So that's, that's really good advice. Um, Take advantage while we're sitting here talking about not as many buyers, inventory's going up, and there's a lot of reasons why there aren't as many buyers right now, and certainly interest rates might have something to do with it. Yeah, it's 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 like investment tips: buy low. <laughs> you know, well, and that's, get it, that's, get it when there's not a lot of people out there. When there's not as many people out there buying, be be the one who's going to get in there. It's funny though, the stock thing is why I think people aren't buying right now is that like there are people who are putting themselves on the sidelines waiting to time the market. And if that is my one big advice to people is nobody successfully times the market. Right. By the time you think the market's down, it's back up again. And and that's where, so the only thing you need to, to think about is when do I give myself the best opportunity to frankly not feeling like I'm going to overpay? Because you will feel like you're overpaying in the spring, possibly because you're going to have to to buy a home. Yeah, yeah, and so 
but you may get in there now and you might face less competition. And so you might purchase for what you see it on the on listed as. I mean, ready for this? You might get it a little below asking. Whoa. Right How long has it been since we said that? that I mean, <laughs> that is, that, but I can almost guarantee after what we're dealing with the next four months, agents will be better about pricing in the spring and the inventory combined with the inventory being low and buyers coming in, it will probably be back to everything being above asking in the spring. And multiple offers. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think that's a pretty safe prediction. Um, so Blake, uh, this is, this is some new information and we haven't had these types of conversations for a while when talking about local real estate. So it's, it's, it's a good thing because I think hopefully it's getting us closer to that level market that I think you always want. You don't want major ebbs and flows. And as long as it's level and equity continues to increase, um, at a reasonable rate, then you've got a healthy real estate market. So I think this is getting us closer to that. Um, all right, my friend, how can folks, if they're on either side of the transaction, how can they reach you and the fine folks at the Ginther Group? So they can go, they can visit us at theginthergroup.com, theginthergroup.com, or give us a shot at uh, 283-8689. That is 336-283-8689. Okay. And when people listen to this, the Browns will have already played in Monday Night Football and mm-hmm. the Panthers. I know we probably have some Panther fans listening, considering Double. we are already- we are a North Carolina-based podcast. Yeah, so, what, what's your what's your? Hey, you're drinking out of a Panthers cup. Look at that. Yeah. What what's your prediction that people will be able to hear? Whether you were a genius on your prediction or that you were a complete fool, what's going to happen in each game? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't like the Panthers' odds. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't. I uh, I, I think they're going to go through a tough year or two and then be good. Um, I do. I think that they're a year or two away from being really good. Um, so, and I think the Saints are all in on it now, but I'm not a huge David Carr guy. So, um, I don't know. I think it'll be closer than people think, but I think the, the Saints eke out a, you know, four to 10 point victory. Uh, and the Browns, um, I think for the first time since I was 13, are going to be two and oh. Whoa. First time since I was 13. So I want to be clear. I That's have very, amazing. That's I have, amazing. <laughs> I have very little confidence in the Cleveland Browns being good ever in my lifetime. That was like basically from the time I was eight to yeah. like 12. And then they left Cleveland 13. They left Cleveland that the I think when I was 13 that season after that season. So this is shocking. And I don't know. I'm, I'm innately wired to say that it's not going to happen, that we're not going to beat the Steelers because it's at the Steelers and we never beat the Steelers. But the Steelers kind of stink. Um, they kind of stink this year. It is true. And they have a lot of injuries. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying the Browns are amazing, but I think we're going to be 2-0 for the first time since I was 13. All right. So he's going with the Saints in a, in a tight game, and he's going with the Browns. It's amazing to hear you say that they. it's been that long since they were 2-0. It's remarkable. In I'm their, well into my 40s. Remarkable <laughs> in their futility. I'm well into my 40s. <laughs> it has been, for the record, it has been... 30 years. If you're doing the math, oh my you can figure out how old I am. It's been 30 years since the amazing. Browns have been 2-0. Just amazing. All right, my friend. Well, enjoy the games tonight. Appreciate the info as always, and we'll talk soon. Good seeing you, man.
Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple. Provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.